My name is Matt, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm excited that you're here this morning. And I want to say especially, if you are new this morning, if this is your first time ever at River Ridge, or maybe your maybe first, second, third time at River Ridge, uh, you, congratulations, have picked the perfect Sunday to come and visit River Ridge, because today is what we call Vision Sunday, where we're talking about what is the vision of the church. So over the next 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes, a little bit longer today, but over the next 30, 40 minutes, you are going to get to hear what Riverage Church is all about in one sort of small setting here. And then you can say, hey, I love the vision of this church. I want to be a part of it. Or you may say, I'm out of here as quick as I can. These people are nuts. Either way, it's fine. But at least you'll know at the end of about 30 or 40 minutes this morning about whether you want to be a part of this church or not. So let me pray, and we'll jump into God's Word here. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to worship, to be together, to see friends, to hear from you. And God, I pray as we look into your Word that you would speak to us, that you would uh, show us those nuggets, those things that we need um, for this week and this season of our lives, no matter where we are. ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to be in Joshua 1 this morning. So if you brought your Bible, open up Joshua 1. If you don't have a Bible, you can actually download the Riverage app, click um, the Bible app on that, and get to Joshua 1 that way as well. And we'll be there in a few minutes. Um, so I want to, I'm going to start sort of on a down note, and, I, um, and you'll kind of see why in a second, I suppose. But So the last probably six weeks um, have been pretty hard for me just personally. Uh, My best friend from high school lost his son to cancer in the beginning of September. Uh, One of my best friends here in Charleston, Chad Cobb, lost his daughter to cancer uh, at the beginning of October, about two and a half weeks ago. Um, And those have just weighed on me very heavily. And um, And I recognize that there are people that were closer to Luke and Katie than I am that, you know, probably hit them even harder. But just having those two close friends with their children dying of cancer and in their teenage years, just, it weighed on me. I mean, there were days that I didn't even want to get out of bed. I was just, you know, just, life was just hard in some ways and questioning God and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, and I think when we, when we go through stuff like that, it makes us kind of reflect more on life. It makes us sort of ask more deeper questions about life and meaning and purpose and significance and friendship and all of those types of things. Um, and so as I've been reflecting on that, I've kind of come to a conclusion, um, and this is not a new conclusion that I was like, ooh, aha, I never knew this before, but it's one of those things where I think I am more in tune and in touch with this reality of life than I have maybe ever been in my entire previous years of living on this earth. And the conclusion is this, and again, it's not new, um, but for me, it's just crystal clear. And the conclusion is this, if it is that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. That Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And because Jesus Christ is the hope of the world, I and we as a church have an enormous responsibility to share that message of hope with people. But in that, it's not just a responsibility, but it's an opportunity. It's a blessing. It's a vision. It's a mission. It's a calling that we share the hope of Christ with the world. And, and as I think about that, I, I think about it in sort of two ways. And again, there's a lot swirling in my head, and so trying to put it in a way that makes sense to somebody who's not actually in my head, I find a little bit difficult. But, but this hope that we have in Christ, kind of, I think about it in two ways. One is this, is that Katie and Luke 
placed their faith in Jesus Christ. Their hope was in Christ, and so they are in eternity now in the hands of the Father, that they are in heaven now because they placed their faith in Jesus Christ. And so that's part of what it means to have hope in Christ. It's part of it is about when somebody has hope in Christ or faith in Christ, then we have eternity to look forward to with God in heaven. But there's another part of it that I've looked at over the last month and a half that has really hit that has to do with more of our hope here on earth. In the sense that when we have hope in Christ, that we're able to go through the ups and the downs, and mainly the downs of life, so much better. Because when we have hope in Christ, Christ is our rock. He's our answer. He's our peace. And with that comes the fact that he comforts us and he protects us. And when we have Christ in our lives, when he is the hope of our lives, then we have that available to us every day to say, I can get through today and tomorrow and this week and this situation and this problem and this life issue and this whatever because I have the hope of Christ in me. But I also recognize that it's not like I live every day with total peace and total security and total significance and identity in Christ, that, that there are days, and just like you guys, where I kind of forget about that. And I live with anxiety. I live with insecurity. I live with stresses. I live with fears. I live with, you know, those types of things. But because I have the hope of Christ in me and because you have the hope of Christ in you, you're never too far from that. That a day may go by or two days may go by or three or four or five days go by. And then I'm reminded in that gentle voice where God says, I'm in control. You can place your hope in me. I've got you. Don't worry about this. You are my child. And that helps to get through the day, and that helps to go through life, the hope that we have in Christ in this life. And as I think about this in relationship to the vision of River Ridge Church, our mission statement has been for a while is helping people take next steps in their journey with Christ. Because as people take next steps in their journey with Christ, as you and I do that, then what that means is that we have our hope in Christ. And you know, and I know that when our hope is in Christ, life is so much better, not just for eternity, but better now. And so what we do as a church is we help people take those next steps. And the thing about River Ridge Church is that anybody can come and be a part of this church and take next steps in their journey with God. That this is a place where you don't have to clean yourself up before you can come around. That this is a place where anybody can come. Doesn't matter what junk you're going through, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter what you look like or how you dress or what your past is, anybody is welcome at River Ridge Church. And then we help people take steps forward. But people can also, I got my life together for the most part, I struggle here or there, you've been walking with you know, Jesus for you know, three centuries or whatever, and you can come and we still, we want to, this mission is the same. Is wherever you are, help you take next steps forward in your journey with Christ. And so we've been doing this for about 15 years as a church. Well, about a year ago, I'm sorry, about two years ago, we had some kind of times where we invited people to come and pray and brainstorm and ask the question, what's the future of River Ridge Church? Where is God taking us into the future? 
and gathered some people and prayed through that and sifted through some ideas and just sought the Lord. And we came out with a verse and a word. The verse is this, Philippians chapter 3, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal. And it's that verse of press on towards the goal that we say this is where we're going, and so we move forward in that. That that's the word, it's forward. And so from that and around that, we crafted this forward journey that we're on. And so we started the forward journey last October and November, and now we're kind of at the halfway point. And so we're going to talk about sort of where are we at the halfway point. Now, for some of you, if you're new this morning or you're new in the last probably nine months, you may not be super familiar with Ford. And so I want to just say, just real briefly, put everybody on the same page with what Ford is about. So Ford and Momentum, there's four initiatives to this. Ford and Momentum is basically continuing to do what we're doing as River Church, but to do it better, to do it with greater sort of excellence and greater, with greater number of people. Um, you saw a statistic in that uh, video that rolled that said that there are 150,000 disconnected people in, the, in our valley in, in Charleston, Kanawha, Putnam County area who are not connected to a church, who don't have hope. We want to take a dent out of that and reach 1% of those people. That's part of Ford in Momentum. Ford in Reach uh, is kind of allowing us to be able to reach those people as far as uh, facilities and, and things of that nature. We'll talk a bit more about that in a minute. Um, Forward to the city is our west side initiative. God led us to, to the west side of Charleston and say, that part of the city is the toughest, most challenging part of our region, and we want to focus our efforts and our prayers and our resources there. And then forward to the world is about strengthening the relationships that we have with existing missionaries and missions type of thing, and then we also want to send people out from River Ridge Church. And so we talked about that a year ago in, in, in depth, and we're at this point now where this is the halftime kind of thing. And so this morning's message, in some ways, is a halftime speech. Because, you know, last, this last year we can look back and we say, what did God do? And then we look forward and we say, what is God going to do in the future? In the same way, if you've ever been in a locker room at a halftime speech or you've seen them on ESPN or something, they talk about what happened last, in the last quarter, the last half. What can we do? How do we need to change? And then where are we going? What adjustments do we need to make? And so what I want to start to do is just look back over the last year and see all that God has done at River Ridge Church. And it is pretty phenomenal. The first initiative is Forward in Momentum. And uh, so we have baptized 73 people over the last year. That includes 11 that got baptized this morning at Taze Valley. That includes five that got baptized at Celebrate Recovery about three weeks ago. That includes the 10 folks that we baptized about a month ago here. And if you are here, those stories are phenomenal. I mean, just story after story of high school kids meeting Christ and coming to church and getting baptized and some adults who just were kind of wayward and crazy in life and God got a hold of their lives. God is changing lives and we were representative of those in those baptisms that we did about a month ago. Over the past year, about 245 people, as best we can estimate, have joined a Ridge group. Those are people who are saying, I don't want to do life alone. I want to walk shoulder to shoulder with somebody else and do life together with somebody else. How about this one? Big Kick Soccer Camp. So as best we can guess, our best estimate is 550 kids heard the gospel at a Big Kick Soccer Camp over the summer. That was five different locations, uh, I think three different weeks. I mean, just amazing to see the volunteers and the kids coming to know Christ. That's forward and momentum, biggest camps we've ever had. 
another part of Momentum is uh, we hired Keith Hoover in uh, January of last year to come on full-time staff, and so he's our worship arts kind of pastor, and he oversees a lot of what you see here, a lot of the video type of stuff. Um, that's been a tremendous enhancement to the momentum that we're gaining in terms of reaching people. Uh, and then there's one more statistic, and I- I'm not sure if this is like a win or not a win. You can judge this for yourself, but here it is. It's staggering. Brace yourself. Write this down. Draw a picture of it. Over the last year, we have eaten 95,000 donut holes. <laughs> I mean, that is momentum. I'm not sure if that's forward momentum or momentum out this way. I don't know, but that's a lot of momentum right there, 95,000 donut holes. So we're going to start a new wing of Celebrate Recovery for that one there. The biggest, uh, so the next part is forward in reach, and the biggest part of that is the expansion of our Taze Valley campus. So we're expanding um, a 19,000 square foot expansion, which will include a 6,000, or 6,000, 600 seat auditorium, um, and then retrofitting a lot of the stuff that's in the old building to, to accommodate ministry and growth there. Uh, here in Charleston, we've done some smaller projects. We've finally paved the parking lot that that's got done in the last year. And then you've also noticed that we had a facelift, a pretty sweet facelift to the uh, lobby area. Forward to the city. Uh, our partnership with the Second Avenue, you saw the video before. Um, I mean, just absolutely tremendous about what God is doing and how we're partnering there. The Homework Buddies is just awesome. Uh, so we have a group of people that go down Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, a different group each day who sit with kids and they do homework. Uh, but it's not just about doing homework. It's about getting to know them and finding about their lives and encouraging them and just building them up in who they are as individuals. And that's been awesome to see that. Also at the Second Avenue Center, uh, we provide three meals a week, two hot meals on Monday and Wednesday, uh, and then we send home these backpack blessings on Friday. Again, it's a way that we invest in this community on the west side. The renovations have been tremendous. I've been able to see the before and after pictures for all of it, and it is crazy just how these two rooms have been transformed. The homework buddy room is just awesome, and then there's a read and relax room. And so I was up there on Thursday, and that's the day that I go as a homework buddy, and so I did my homework thing, helping kids with some math and and reading and so forth. Uh, And then this little girl comes up to me, and she's about this big. She's got like dreadlocks and a little pink beads in her hair, and she says, can you read a book to me? And I'm like, sure, I'd love to. And I said, what's your name? And, uh, and she said, my name is... Um... No, it's the other one. Nyana, thank you. There we go. Her name is Nyana. My wife is my memory there. Nyana. And I'm like, that's a beautiful name. How do you spell that? N-Y-Y-O-N-N-A. I mean, that's just priceless. And so and I said, what book do you want to read? And she goes, let's read this book, right? And she can't read. She's like probably five. Uh, and so it's a picture with like princesses and dragons and frogs on the front. And it's just this cute little story about a princess, a princess kissing a frog and princess. And it was, just, it was just beautiful. And that's the opportunity that we have to invest. And we sat on one of those big Zorbies, and she just snuggled onto my arm, and we read together for about 30 minutes. That's what we get to do as a church, invest in the West Side. You know, on top of that, it's about the relationships that have been formed. You know, Pastor uh, Reverend Ely from New Life Missionary Fellowship Baptist Church uh, has been here and spoke, and I've spoken there, and we've done some things with our churches together. We joined together for a Good Friday service. Things like that are just investing in relationships. 
Betsy Schock uh, went from part-time staff to full-time staff, and so she's able to be the Westside Initiative director and coordinate all this volunteer stuff that's going on. It's just neat to see what God is doing. This last year, God has, I mean, unbelievable what God has done relationally and with the Second Avenue Center. Forward to the world. Uh, part of Forward to the World is Forward to West Virginia, and we want to be about church planting. And so we have partnered with Southridge Church in Fairmont, and they are doing a second campus similar to what we're doing in Bridgeport, Clarksburg. And so we gave money to that, and that building is under, uh, under construction so they can open that second, under renovation, that'd be the word. Um, so that will start in January. Uh, internationally, uh, we've done beans and rice, feeding kids in Kenya. We have um, Preston and uh, Braden Sheldon are on the mission field leading short-term trips to Zambia and Zanzibar. Roger and Sherry Payne are raising money to go to Moldova. They'll actually be here with us next Sunday, and they'll talk about that and share their story. Zach and Carly Brady uh, are pretty much fully funded, and they'll head to, to Malawi, Africa uh, next fall. And then Jason and Monica Hager are in England doing mission work there. So it's just all over. We want to be, we've been investing deeper and deeper into sending missions teams out there. So that's what we do. We look at the first half and we say, God has done a tremendous thing. God's done a great work. And so then the question is, well, what are we going to do in the second half of this forward journey? It's a two-year journey. We don't want to take our foot off the gas. We want to say, wow, we did some great stuff in year one. Let's just cruise. No, what God has called us to is to keep going in the journey that he has for us, to keep going individually and to keep going corporately as a church. And so we're going to look at Joshua chapter 1, and we've picked this passage because it is essentially halftime of the Israelites' journey. So what happened previous to this is they were enslaved in Egypt, and that's where Moses said, let my people go, the ten, uh, the ten plagues on Israel, the uh, crossing of the Red Sea, the Passover, those events are part of their escape from, Israel, from Egypt. And then they wandered in the desert for 40 years, and now they're on the banks of the Jordan River, ready to cross over to the other side. And this is what God says to them. This is Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give them. Now, we're going to look at about four or five verses here, but I want to point something out. If you have a pen with you or a highlighter uh, or in your Bible app, underline, highlight, strong and courageous. Because what you're going to see is what we'll see is the word strong and courageous, that phrase comes up three times. Be strong and courageous, be strong and very courageous, be strong and courageous. And that forms kind of an outline that we're going to look at. And one of the things I'd also, just as an aside, encourage you to do, I hope that as you, you hear God's word here, but you read it on your own, and one of the great things that can help you to read God's word on your own is look for words that are repeated. So you may be reading a passage and you're like, I'm not sure what to get out of this. Look for words that are repeated and that will help you to focus on what God wants you to take from that passage. So we look at this and it says, be strong and courageous. We're going to see this a number of different times. He says, what I want you to do, saying this to Joshua who will then pass this on to the people, is inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give. He says, you haven't arrived yet. Keep going. Keep going on this mission that I have given you to take the land. And so for us, we're going to put it in these terms, is be strong and courageous and continue the mission. Continue the mission. We're not done. We're not finished. 
We want to continue to reach people so they can put their hope in Christ, so they can live their lives. We want us to grow in the way that we put our hope in Christ day after day after day. So here's some things that are kind of moving on on the horizon in the next couple of months. One is um, the River Camp Room over here, which we call the River Camp Room. It has kindergartens through third graders in it. Um, We're going to do a remodel of that. It's great for kids. It doesn't work real well for adults, and we need sort of a medium-sized room for adults. And so we're going to redo kind of the staging area and the lights and the audio in there. It's got audio stuff from like 1940 or something in there. It's all these plugs and wires. You've got to turn seven things to get anything done in there. So we're going to, but what we want to do is we want to make that room great for sort of medium-sized adults as well. Celebrate Recovery can meet in there. Mops, we were meeting there with good AV type of stuff, audiovisual stuff. Uh, we had married people night out uh, a couple nights ago in here, and it's sort of cavernous. It would be much better as a medium-sized group in there. It will also allow us with student ministry, we want to get more and more distinction between our high school and our middle school, and we can meet simultaneously if that room is um, kind of refurbished for that. So that's one of the things on the horizon. Another thing that's on the horizon is at the Second Avenue Center, we are ready to do our third room uh, and it is a doozy. Uh, do people use that word anymore? No, okay. So find somebody over 40 and they'll translate that word for you. Um, but the, so the kitchen there is just, it's a mess. It is dangerous to cook in and it is not healthy. We bring a lot of food in. They cook on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so we want to be a blessing and make that kitchen clean and user-friendly and safe. And then part of that with the dining area, we will refurbish that as well and make that just a whole new place so that we, again, it's investing on the west side with kids. The other thing that we'd like to get, and this is further off and this is kind of a bigger dream, is we'd love to be able to run camps for kids on the west side. Uh, that over the summer, they just you know, sit home and don't have a whole lot to do. They can't afford to go to the camps that some of us send our kids to. And so we want to do some free camps for kids on the west side. That's going to take volunteer labor. That's going to take money to make that happen. But that's part of what we want to do on the west side, what's in the future. One of our core values is this. Anything worth doing is worth doing right. That's why we're doing these remodels. I mean, they can meet in that kitchen. They can cook in that kitchen, but it's not sanitary. We can meet in the room there, but it's not what we want it to be. And we really feel like anything worth doing is worth doing right. And so we make these improvements. We make these upgrades over time. Another one of our core values is this, is an empty seat is a serious thing. And this is about investing in relationships with people who are outside the walls of this church. Investing in relationships, invest in relationships and invite folks to hear about Christ, invite folks to church. That's part of what we want to do. And as I, again, this is a halftime speech, and so I'm kind of trying to act somewhat like the coach saying, let's look at the first half, how do we do? Let's look at the second half, how do we need to make adjustments? And this is one of the adjustments that I think that we need to make as a church. I think that we need to be more committed to relationally investing in people who are not part of a church, so that they can find the hope in Christ that we have. And I've been doing that, and I hope you've been doing that, been reaching out to this guy. Um, I met him. He's new in town, and uh, I know him through kind of our kids. And so we've had a couple of conversations, and so I began to, to pray for him and, and just kind of look for opportunities to, to talk to him and hang out and whatnot. And um, a, a few weeks ago, I went and I picked up uh, his son to go to a, an event with my son, and uh, I drove in the driveway, and he had a car there that had bumper stickers, right? 
but it were, they were not Christian bumper stickers, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was not like, honk if you love Jesus. There, there was no ichthus on there. It wasn't like, you know, God is my co-pilot. It was like, whatever the opposite of those are, that's what the bumper stickers were, right? And, and I looked at them, I'm like, I need to do some more praying for this guy, right? Um, but it was that idea that when we invest in relationships, it's messy. When we invest in relationships, it takes time. When we invest in relationships, it takes grace to enter people's world and then bring them to a place like Riverridge where they can hear the gospel, share the gospel ourselves. But it takes time. But it's worth it because we want people to understand and have hope in the gospel of Christ. We don't just want people to come, though. Another one of our core values is you can't do life alone. That we want to connect more and more people to small groups. And some of you guys are in small groups, and some of you are like, "Ah, I'm not sure I want to go. And some people who haven't yet come will come, and we want everybody to be a part of a small group. We've got people who are shoulder to shoulder with us, encouraging us. Place your hope in Christ. Don't freak out about this or that. Place your hope in Christ. Continues on in verse 7. It says, Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. When I became a Christian in high school, this was, I think, the first verse that I memorized. And I memorized it in a different version, so it's actually sometimes hard for me to read out of this version. But I memorized, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. That's what we need in our lives. We need to listen to, follow, and obey God's word as we move forward together. I'll put it this way. Be strong and courageous and obey God's word. A couple of our core values that relate to that. Living God's way is better. The end of that verse says, then you'll be prosperous and successful. When we live according to God's word, Life goes better for us. Relationships go better. Our relationship with God goes better. We feel better about who we are because we are living God's plan for our lives. We never stop growing. doesn't matter where you are. We want to continue to know God's word and apply God's word. We want to always be looking towards how can I grow. You know, one of the things about Rivers Church um, is you know, you all come on a Sunday morning and you hear me or somebody else give a 30-minute sermon. And, then, and I love that. And I love when I hear people say, hey, I, I listened to the sermon online because I missed Sunday. Or I, I watched the sermon online because I missed Sunday. And I, and I love that. But I tell you this, is that 30 minutes of God's word a week is not enough. Like, I'm not that good of a speaker. Nobody is that good of a speaker. That I want you and I challenge you over this next year to take responsibility for your own walk with Christ. To take responsibility and say, I will seek God on my own. I will learn from God's word on my own. And I will apply God's word. Because when you do that, life 
comes alive. You know, and it's, it's, it's just this idea that when we know God's word and when we apply God's word, and if we're doing that on a daily basis, if we're, if we're seeking God and his word in prayer every day, then we're never more than 24 hours away from really finding our hope in Christ. We can't get too far away because we're always less than 24 hours away from reading God's word and hearing from him and how he speaks into our lives. Let's have a last look at verse 9. It says this. It says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, they were on the banks of the Jordan River. Joshua, the Israelites, they're ready to cross over to the other side. And there was much to be fearful of because they had scattered out the land and there were fierce people in the land and they were, they, as they crossed the river and did these battles, they would, some of them would lose their lives. It was going to be difficult ahead of them. And so God gives Joshua these words, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed. Why? For the Lord your God is with you. Don't forget that this is God's thing. This is not your thing. And so for us, it's be strong and courageous and do not be afraid. As I have dug into this passage, I've learned from this myself. For me, of these three points, this is the one that I need the most because I am really susceptible to becoming fearful. And, and this, I don't know if this is you or just me, but like something will happen it's not a big deal, but it's kind of a problem. And all of a sudden, my mind goes in a crazy place. Like, oh my goodness, the world is coming to an end, right? And I just, my mind just goes crazy places of crazy scenarios. And, and I do that. And so I have these fears that I have to deal with. I have sort of a funny example, not a church type of thing. But this past summer, um, my car uh, stalled in the middle of the road, kind of at the end of our, at the end of our road, close to the main road. It just stalled. It wouldn't start. I don't know what happened. So I kind of let it coast over. I open up the hood, which is basically useless for me. I'm like, okay, well, the engine is there. That's one problem that it's not, right? Okay, I still have an engine. That's about all I can tell under the hood, right? Um, and so I call a tow truck, and um, tow truck comes, and here's, and the, the thing is, it's amazing about this is, uh, and again, my fears are like, I'm going to have to get a new engine. I'm going to have to get a new car. It's going to be, you know, $5,000, do I put money into it, do I get new? I mean, all these things are like racing through my mind. And so the tow truck tows the car to the garage, right, to the mechanics. The cost to fix it, $57. Woo! I mean, that never happens. You never take your car somewhere and they go, it's only $57. <laughs> I'll pay 100 that was awesome. Thanks for fixing it, you know? But here's the thing is, when it comes to that sort of thinking, again, my mind says, you know, it says, do not be afraid. And my mind goes all sorts of places. You know, sometimes what will happen on a Sunday morning is there'll be a, like a spot here. Like, I kind of see a different view than you guys. And so there'll be a spot that's open. Like, right here, there's like a big cluster of chairs. I'm like, I bet all the people right there, they decide they didn't want to believe in God anymore, and they're not coming back ever. I'm like, that's where my mind goes, Right? Or like there'll be a Sunday, I'll come in, and it'll just be sort of not, not as many people, and I'll be like, everybody left the church, what happened? And they'll be like, oh, that's right, it's Memorial Day, or it's Labor Day, or it's Fourth of July weekend, or something like that. And then I'll go, oh, man, 
They like vacation more than they like Jesus. We got to shut the church down, you know? I mean, that's just where my crazy mind goes. But when my mind goes there, is that God brings it back to this. He reminds me, he says, Matt, this is my church, not your church. He brings me back to the words of Jesus where Jesus says this, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is my church, Matt, so you don't need to worry. And we look at what happens in Joshua, and it's this is God's plan for taking the land. And we look at what's going to happen with Ford, and we say, this is God's plan for moving forward, right? And then I say, okay, well, this is your church, not my church, but what do I do? Because I'm kind of freaking out about this, that, or the other thing. What do I do? And God reminds me of the call that I've had in my life for probably the last 30 years, maybe 25 years, is Matt, be faithful to what God puts in front of you. Be faithful towards loving people and caring about people. And the other thing is teach God's word in a way that's practical. Just help people understand and apply God's word and then keep growing as a leader. Keep doing the next thing that I put in front of you. And so I go, that I can do. Can't fix all the different things that I get freaked out about, but what I can do is be faithful to what's in front of me do what God says, try and love people as best that I can. One of the core values that we have is this, is that we are contributors, not consumers. And this is how we move forward in this vision that God has given us for who we are as a church, that we continue to contribute to what God is doing here. That's financially, that's also with our time and our resources and our prayers and that what we do is we give ourselves away individually to the church. And then what I love about River Ridge is we are constantly giving ourselves away as a church to the west side, to the community with Big Kick, to missions trips, to supporting missionaries, to indigenous missionaries or nationals in other countries. And we keep doing this because we are contributors, not consumers. If you were here a year ago, we show you kind of a, um, an illustration that looks like this. It's giving steps. And again, at Rivers, we're about, let's just take the next step in front of us. And so we challenge you. We say, if you don't give to Rivers, just start becoming a consistent giver. If you give now and again, become a proportional giver. Or then move to tithing, give to 10%. And then if you're already doing that, then become a hilarious giver. Give over and above that, where generosity marks your life. And we said that a year ago. And so that was part of four. There is a financial aspect of Ford. Again, this is the halftime speech, so how are we doing? So back then, uh, a year ago, uh, people gave pledges, and then we kind of looked at what does other people give, and how does that kind of, where are we going to be over two years? So this is two campuses for two years. The total is $7.1 million. That's both campuses for two years. And we said, okay, let's, that's what we feel is going to come in. That's what we feel like people are going to give. And so we set a course for doing ministry in these four areas, for uh, momentum, reach, city, and world with those, uh, with that money. So we're at the halftime, at the halfway mark here, pretty close to the halfway mark, and here's how much has come in. It's $2.8 million, uh, $2 million and some change um, has come in over this last year. 
And so if you're kind of numbers, kind of comparison thing, I'll just sort of help you out here. So that's 40% more or less. So 40% of the pledged amount has come in in this first uh, basically uh, nine or 11 months, I believe it would be. Uh, and the whole deal is 25 months. So we start with December as the first giving month. We go two years and then come back and finish with December. So it's 25 months. And so we're 45% into the two years, but we're only 40% of the way there financially, right? So I just told you what goes on in my brain. So what do I do next? I freak out, right? Oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Ah! Right? That's, that's what I do. And then I pray, and then I freak out again, right? No, and, and I do. I sometimes get worried and concerned about that, but you know what I do? I remember, what is it that God has called me to do? To be a contributor, to pour into people's lives, to give personally myself, to do what God has called me to do, to keep investing. And so that's the call, that's the charge that all of us have. You know, it says, be strong and do not, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid. And in that, what do we do? We're faithful to what God has called us to do, to give, to serve, to love, to keep growing, to keep taking those next steps. If you're new to River Ridge today, or really probably in the last year, uh, we have a, a website which is called forjourney.org. I encourage you to go there. You can see the videos. You can see what God has done. On there, there's also a place where you can click commit or you can uh, click get involved. If you want to be involved with moving forward is where we're going as a church. Click either of those two um, buttons and go ahead and make a pledge that will finish in December of, of next year if you want to do that and get on board. But this is about us saying we are moving forward into the second half of where God is taking us. I'll finish with this. One of the things that um, sometimes you see, they, they'll show this occasionally on like ESPN or different places, and a, a coach at a football halftime will give a speech, you know, and they'll be ready to run out of the locker room. And this is what they'll say, and, and I'll just use WVU as my example, right? And the coach at Hogelson or um, Nealon or whoever will say, we're going to go out and we're going to play West Virginia football, right? If you guys ever heard people say, we're going to play West Virginia football. And I listen to that, and I'm like, what other kind of football would you play? <laughs> like, we're going to go out there and play Notre Dame football. Well, that doesn't make any sense. You're West Virginia, right? But then I got to thinking, okay, well, what does that mean? You know, and so for West Virginia, that means a certain style of football, right? And so I think about us, and we're kind of in the locker room at halftime of four, and we say, and we say okay, we're going to go play River Ridge football or River Ridge church. We're going to go do the River Ridge style. What does that mean? And what that means is that we are a church that is big on grace. We are huge on grace. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. You are welcome here. Warts, bumps, bruises, past and all. And we're going to help you and pray for you and love, where you, love you where you are and help you take some next steps so that you can have everyday hope in Christ. We are always going to teach God's word in a practical way. That anybody who sits in here, you don't have to have a PhD or, you know, five years of Bible or been a Christian for 30 years or 10 years. We're going to put a walk in here and go, I understand the Bible and I can apply it in my life. And we are always going to invest in relationships. We're going to care for people individually in groups. We're going to do the best that we can to come alongside people and pray and help people to move people on. We're relational. That's who we are. So, you know, if I get fired up and go, we're going to play River Ridge Church football or whatever, right? That's what we're about. 
We're big in grace. We're practical. We are relationally driven. And we will continue to be that. But it takes all of us being a part of it in the way that we serve, in the way that we give, in the way that we welcome, in the way that we love people well. Why? So that every person in this community can find hope in Jesus Christ. And we can be a part of spreading the hope of Christ to the state and the world around us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing here at River Ridge Church. God, we are excited about what you've done. We give you all the praise and glory and thanks for what's happened over this last year, and it's been awesome. And today, we look forward to this next year. And God, I'm all in. And I pray that every person here listening says, I'm all in. I want to be a part of the vision of bringing the hope of Christ to this community and to this world. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen.